When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ravel. Vicious. But brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Hello everybody, welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. And we've got a manager talk. Still in the manager zone of what who will take over next, who will be the next man in the hot seat at New York. We will find out over the next, hopefully, couple of days. We'll see. Um, we have the usual crew, me, myself. We have Mick. How is it going, Michael? Yeah, all good, mate. Thank you. We're not here for a couple of days, are we? It's just... About an hour, and then that's it, isn't it? Uh, an hour, 45 minutes, you know, something like that. Something <laughs> like that. Not a couple uh, of days, Danny's... that's all. That's, that's to, to it, mate. Danny's <laughs> with us as well. How's it going, Danny? I'm going good, thank you. How's everybody else doing? Oh, wonderful. It's not stressed out about managers and anything like that. Nothing like that at <laughs> all, mate. <laughs> um, so, yeah. We will come on to the manager talk. We'll come on to what we're doing for this week as well, because we've got a big week coming up for us, not just at the football club as well. But we will come on to that in just a moment. First of all, we want to give a massive shout out to Athletic Green, who are continually sponsoring this show. We are very grateful um, to the health experts over Athletic Green and their AG1 uh, supplemental drink, giving you all the vitamins, 75 vitamins and minerals to help you go about your daily life, life as you will, as you do. Words in there. Words to some effect, Michael, if you'd like to take what I said, partially said, and run with it. Yeah, Athletic Green is very good. Really enjoying it. Very good. I think it's basically what you're saying. Tried to say it. Didn't quite yeah, come out of it. It's about brilliant. nutritional insurance and, and stuff like that. Yeah. We do. We love Athletic Green. Absolutely. Uh, so, to make it very easy for you, Athletic Green, I've said, if you sign up to them, on your first sign up, uh, they'll give you a free year supply of the immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs, which is on your first purchase, as I say. All you have to do is go to athleticgreen.com forward slash Rotherham, and that allows you to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And Ben highly recommends it, even though he's not here. <laughs> Disgusting behavior, Ben. We've tried, we've tried really hard to get Ben on because it's the big news. And guess what? It can't be bothered. <laughs> um, just a sort of signpost. 
I was about to say, I'm in uni all of next week and I'm still coming on every single time. Because exactly. you know why, Danny? Because you're committed. Mm. Um, exactly. <laughs> just to sort of signpost where we are in this sort of this week, because of the upcoming busyness of the week, we are going to be doing daily episodes throughout this coming week from today, ending on Thursday. There will be this normal podcast, so Monday morning, Thursday, and Friday morning, the, the audio podcast will be out, as they, as they normally are. But every day, we will be doing 20 minutes, half an hour, on our YouTube channel to look at what's happened in the day, see if there's any movements in the, in the favourites for the manager's job, if there's been a, there's been a confirmation. Uh, it's a big week of news, so I thought we'd keep up to date with it. Because we us talking now, by 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, most of what you said will probably be outdated. Um so mm. we're going to have a few people with us. Will, Kev Johnson, uh, Lewis Oldham will be with us throughout the week as well. It won't be just us, us three. You've got to keep looking at and listening to. We will mix it up a bit throughout the next week or so. So if you do want to yeah, listen to Yeah, I think it, a week of uh, daily content, I think people will be sick to death of us, won't they? Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> um, like so being in lockdown do... again with the same four walls. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that'll be on YouTube, so make sure you subscribe on there, otherwise... Well, you, you can still watch it if you haven't subscribed, but you should subscribe. Mm. That's enough about us. That's four minutes talking about us. Far too much. Um, so, no football to talk about. Unless you want to talk about the England game. Does anybody want to talk about England? No, you're right. There's no football to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've got a polite word to say about England after that performance. Yeah. Apart That's from really Gareth Southgate stayed far away from the Rotherham job. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were before the managerial nonsense that took part took about last week. We were going to do a sort of serious episodes on England in the lead up to the World Cup. I'm sort of grateful to warning now that he's left, so we've got something other than England to talk about. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be stuffed. Mm. Um, anyway, anyway, so yeah, the news is that there is no news uh, in the Rotherham camp. That's sort of to be expected. Bear in mind the confirmation was only Thursday. Um, let's talk about the Rob Scott interview, which was released on the club on Friday. First of all, what I will say, if you haven't read, if you haven't listened to the interview, if you're listening on audio podcast, pause the episode, go and watch the interview because it is really good. Mm. Um, it's on the, it's on the club's iPhone page. It's very easy to see. Um, on the episode on Thursday, Danny, we were fairly critical of Tony Stewart's interview on the radio because it was a bit rambling, a bit of nonsense. I thought, Tony, I thought Rob Scott's interview was as good as Stewart's was bad. I thought he gave us information. He told us what was happening. It gave a rough time scale as well, without mm. sort of rumbling on a bit. Um, I was whoever's decision it was to put that Rob Scott interview out deserves a raise because that that's that settled a lot of fans. I thought. Oh yeah, absolutely. I watched in, um, Rob Scott's interview, and yeah, my anxiety levels went down at least two gears. Yeah. Um, because he, he really did sit down and really go, look, this is the plan. This is how serious we're taking it. Mm. Um, and they might have done it to try and settle everybody's nerves, especially with Tony's comment about uh, you don't need to be a football person to run a football club. That, I think, took a lot of people by surprise on Radio Chef. Mm. So they sort of sat Rob Scott down and did the interview and gone, look, just tell us what the process is without, like, going too in-depth of what the process is sort of thing. Yeah. And by the sounds of it, it is actually Rob Scott who's making the decision as head of recruitment. So that, to me, says he's not just head of recruitment for players, he's also head of recruitment for managers. Obviously, 
that's a clause in his job title that a lot of people thought he'd never have to do. Um, but yeah, by the sounds of it, um, a lot of people have applied for the managerial position, which is good to hear, I think. Mm. At least people actually give to about us, so that's good. Um, and he said he's asked to, he has to whittle it down to 10, and then that's when they get everybody together to whittle it down even more. Um, and apparently the, the proper proper process, I think, begins Monday, did he say? Yeah. He said Monday, Monday, yeah. Yeah, that's when the proper proper process comes in. But then again, you look at that and say the proper process. To me, the proper process is, right, who are we having? It's not just the mm-hmm. whittling down process. By the sounds of it, the proper process is like second or even third interviews because that's when you're putting your your money where your mouth is, just put the word it one way. Um, But yeah, I'm very confident after Rob Scott's interview uh, and I think he's settled a lot of nerves through everybody and just um, told the words Tony tried to say, but in a more, uh, not fan-orientated way, but a way we'd understand better, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was more in football speak because strangely, mate. I know we're, we're only football fans, but we sort of all speak football, don't we? And we understand the basic process, the basic process. And to the short, I don't think completely speaks football fan language. But Rob Scott is a football man; he knows what it's about. He made it very easy for us to understand uh, without giving too much information. I thought I thought he tread, tread the line of not giving too much information, but being sensible and and clear in what he was saying. Because as we said on last episode, we will rightly point it out. The concern is if you don't have a football man making some decision or helping the decision process on a major football decision, it's, it's a serious concern. But Rob Scott's, if, if not, he's not going to make the decision entirely himself, is he, obviously, but he's key to it. Yeah, I think it's difficult with, with Tony Stewart. You've got to, first of all, not, not take what he says literally. Mm. Um <clears throat> Because ultimately, he is a businessman, and that's what he is. He's not a football man, he's a businessman. He knows how to run a business, and he knows how to run a business very, very well. Yes. Um, you do not become as successful as Tony Stewart by being um, by sort of being around the bush, by, by taking any nonsense off anybody. You just do your own thing. Mm. Um, and that obviously has its benefits when it comes to running a business, but it also has its downsides. Um, and one of those downsides, I think, with Tony Stewart is that he perhaps doesn't come... A, he's, not as, a, a, he's not as diplomatic as he probably could be. Mm. Um, but then I don't think he'd ever want to be. I don't think that's his personality. Reading between the lines, obviously, we don't know him, but he doesn't come across as a man who takes any prisoners anywhere he goes. Um, and he doesn't appear to be particularly bothered what he leaves in his wake either in terms of um, who he's upset. Mm. Um, those are obviously very beneficial qualities for being a successful businessman. However, successful businesses also have PR. <laughs> but yeah. to bridge that gap between um, the, 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 the sort of managers, if you like, the owners like of Tony Stewart's ilk um, and the people that rely on his business um, for whatever it is, whether it for the products or entertainment like we do. So, um, so, so the point is I wouldn't take him too literally. It, it, it's really good to see Rob Scott stepping up to the mark, showing his personality and showing what he's about. 
And I don't think he takes any prisoners either. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but he also understands the business of football um, and the importance of the supporters. I'm not saying Tony Stewart doesn't understand the importance of supporters, but I don't think he's as high up his, in his list as um, as making sure that we don't be, we're not losing money. Um, mm. So, so it, it it depends on the relationship between them two as to as to how far <laughs> as to how far it'll go, doesn't it? Mm. Um, if the, if the pair can can deal with each other, because because Rob Scott could quite easily provide that bridge that gap between mm. the likes of Tony Stewart and the footballing people within the club. So um, it was it was a very pleasing interview um, in in the sense that one of the reasons we are where we are now is because mm. of Rob Scott because of his recruitment expertise. Um, and, and potentially his negotiating expertise as well at getting getting some of these players in through the door, so over and above identifying them. And if he's going to apply that same criteria and um, approach to a new manager, it can only be a good thing, can't it? So, hmm. um, yeah, I, I was really pleased with that, and I'm really pleased he's he's, he's nailed his close to Maston says to say he's stopping. So um, yeah. it's all good. It's all good in that respect for me. Mm. Basically unanimous as well. Shelly, I see it was nice to know that somebody's actually with us as fans, there to put us at ease rather than just tell us what we want to hear. Um, Russ Furness says the one thing you like from the Rob Scott interview that Woody and Pelts didn't hesitate in taking training until the manager point. We'll come on to that in a minute. That is, mm. that is a very good point. Um, and as somebody sort of backs up, Mick, the big thing about Scotty was he said he is committed to Rotherham United, and that is brilliant news considering the fantastic signings he's made from us and uh, made for us, came across very level headed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it was very obvious that he's, he's clearly not a fan of being in front of the cameras. It, it wasn't a smooth talking. What he said was brilliant, but I can see why he's a head of recruitment and not a football manager. Uh, mm. If that makes sense, in the nicest way possible. <laughs> yeah, he definitely yeah. Um, has the operation behind the scenes down to a T, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, some people just aren't comfortable in front of cameras, which I think is why we've only seen, I think it's two interviews from Rob Scott. During his time here, mm. yeah, but every time he has been on, I know it's, this sounds like a little bit of a Rob Scott loving, but every time he's been on, he's said stuff that fills you with confidence. I think his first one was before the window started and just gave a little bit of a mm. of a trickle about the recruitment process, and I think that settled everybody down after we'd lost Laddie Poe and had we lost Smith and Nicky at that point? Can't, can't remember. So. Yeah. yeah, but and now he's done it again, put everybody at ease. Um, so yeah, might not be good in front of the camera, but he's very good at his job, and that's all we ask for. <laughs> good at where it counts. Good at where exactly. it counts. Um, uh, the very it was a very professional and reassuring interview. Cheryl Stone says, feel uh, more reassured after hearing it. I'm very mm-hmm. glad he's not gone to. I think reassured is the mm. sort of buzzword, isn't it, really? Mm. Um, and again, I assume that was the idea behind it as well. So thank you, the club, for doing that because we. Certainly made me feel better on a Friday afternoon. Um, let's talk about let's talk about what he said as well. He basically said that the process. Danny's already mentioned sort of the process. The, the the short short list will be ready on Monday, which is tomorrow when we are recording. But that implies that a lot of the groundwork has already been done. That implies they've already done the due diligence in terms of stats, which is, is easy to find, as Rob Scott said. You then go to the background checks. You know what is this person like as a as a person? You know how do they work? Does their personality fit in with our system? I suppose 
Danny, you've got to look at their maybe tactics and style of play because they've got to come in and fit into the players that we've signed as well. So style of play and everything else, I assume, was key to the decision as well as personality. Yeah, I think so. I think it's um, also getting a manager that can do the job with the tools that they've been given as well. Um, because, you know, if they try and make their own mark on the squad we've got, it may not work. So they may have to revert to the system one basically signed the players to do, basically. Um, so we need someone who can adapt as well uh, and can handle everything else in the background as well, sort of like youth development and um, bringing other people through the academy, which we've already got a good track record yeah. of doing. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like you said, they've probably narrowed down the big list already, done the stats on the list of maybe 10, 15 that were like made like the final cut and then done interviews based on more background research into like personality, like you say, developing players and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, but just to go back to Rob Scott's interview, it just makes you trust the process hmm. a bit more and it doesn't make it seem like it's a panic, which is good. Yeah. Um, but at the same, but at the same time, um, it makes you think that it's a bit further along than the letting on. You know, because um, they've asked Wooden Pelts to take training. Now, to me, because they've not been appointed as an interim basis, yeah. that also says to me the process is a lot further along. Because mm. it's like, oh, you you take um, you take training this week, and by the sound of it, there might be somebody in before the Wigan game. Like that, that's just how it comes across to me anyway. Because no one's coming as an interim basis. Can't really see Woody or Pelts on the touchline because they want to play. Uh, so unless we unless we bring John Breckin in and he's the one to run the touchline in his tracksuit, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. But it's making the right sort of noises that we could see someone before Wigan, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's the benefit. You've got to use the international break. It's, you've got this time. Um, if somebody can be installed by Tuesday, it gives you three days to prepare. Um, whereas if you install them on Thursday, there's no preparation. It's just work hard when you you can. Although you could, you can get by on hard work, you do need preparation, I feel as well. Let's go through some of the runners and riders of who has been... Uh, all we can really go on is bookmakers odds, to be honest with you. We, we, we lack information, rightly so as well. This is not a complaint that the club aren't putting the information. This is how it should be done. Um, but we lack sort of information. So let's go through a couple that we mentioned in the media, first of all. The first one to tick off the list is Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. <laughs> who apparently put himself forward for the job, which is, you apply for the job, that's fine. Um, met with, disdain is not the right word, this disdain's held up for somebody else, Mick. Um, <laughs> but, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, for me, it's a non-starter. I think he's the way he ended at Burton was a was a bit of a farce. He, he sort of stopped, it felt like he was concentrating more on being on Sky than he was at the mm. Burton job. And that's just not off our street. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> He should be a good manager, mm. and he has flashes of being a very, very good manager. Um, but at my understanding, I don't know where I've read this or whether I've dreamt this. Has he not had some previous falling out with Tony Stewart over something? Has he? I believe yes, he has, has. and I, I don't know where I've read it, but I don't I, think I, I, I know where you've been, seen it, uh, mate. It were on Twitter. Um, yeah. I, can't, I can't for the life of me remember the, I think it's a Miller's scrapbook, I think. Um, he put the article up about Jimmy turning down the Rotherham job. This was just after uh, Kenny Jackett left. 
I think. I think he was offered up the job and he turned it down, citing some other reason, which basically made a rod for his own back and mm. maybe even untouchable during Tony Stewart's time as chairman. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's... Hasselbank put in his CV and in his CV went straight in the shredder, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Miller's, Miller's uh, scrapbook does it again. Yeah. Jimmy Flair has not in the running to be maximised because he's already burnt his bridges. That was uh, from a while ago, to be honest with you. So, yeah, no Jimmy Flair has We can take that one off and nobody was bothered anyway, to be fair. Mm-hmm. No hey, remembrance stuff. I don't know. Well, hey. Oh, mm-hmm. I know. That's weird. That's weird. Um, the other one that is. Even less popular, Danny. Um, Gareth Ainsworth has been linked. Now again, there's not again there's no concrete non, no, no concrete content behind this. I think he rubbished the link or almost rubbished the link last week, but he's still sticking around at the top of the odds on both and everywhere. Um, it's a tough one because if he, we don't want him, and I think based on what we said on this podcast and what every fan had said last season after playing him, I think it would be awkward. But at the same time, it could work. If, if he came in, there's no reason it couldn't work. If, if he knows his stuff. He's not an idiot. He's a clever man. He's a clever football man. Um, but it, it, I agree, it doesn't feel like a fit right now for me. Hmm. I think if you just wanted a manager who knows how to get results and grind out results, but like do it, the, not the, the dirty way sounds a bit strong, but do it the, the unconventional way. That sounds better. Hmm. Um, then yeah, Gareth Ainsworth is your man because he does like Wickham. He, he does get results for Wickham. He got him promoted mm. um, to the championship through the playoffs as well. But it's just not the sort of football that Rotherham's probably even known for, you know. And I, I think as a collective over the last six years, I think we've just about managed a full ninety minutes against Wickham because um, <laughs> that's it. That's the style of football. He's definitely smash and grab and. I think with our good start so far, we want our managers to come in and play good football that we've shown we can play with the players we've got, not someone who will sit back and hope for the 1-0 and even potentially get the odd 3-0 or, or a high scoreline. But the vast majority of the time, it's a singular or a double goal to nil scoreline for Wickham. And would he want to come here when he's had, what is it now, 10 years? Something he's, like that as Wickham manager, now, yeah. yeah, which is an absolutely insane thing. It is one of those where he's just part of the furniture now at Wickham, mm. and I don't think he'll be wanting to go anywhere. To be fair, no, I don't. I think it seems pretty well back for what he wants to do from the owners. Uh, it seems pretty comfortable. I, th- I think he's waiting for. I, th- I can't be Preston or Blackburn. He's got links with as a player, so I think mm. I think he's going to end up taking one of those jobs whenever that may come up. Uh, in future, Mick, I assume you would hate it. I, I thought about, I've been thinking about it, and, and yeah, on the face of it, yeah, it, it seems like a ridiculous suggestion to be honest. <laughs> um, but then you look back at the game, the playoff game at Wickham, where Wickham McDonald's. creamed at guns, mm. and they were excellent. Yeah. They were absolutely excellent, and I, I had to keep checking to make sure it was Wickham I was watching. Uh, because it was nothing like I'd seen them play b- before. So he can clearly play a different type of football. Um, I wouldn't want him personally, um, just because of, of all the negativity around the style that he's employed at, at Wickham. Um, and I would guess he would probably come in here 
with the same attitude that you know it's backs against the walls. We're not very good. Mm-hmm. Let's just try and let's just try and um, I can't think of the right word without swearing. <laughs> let's just try and mess <laughs> with everybody's heads. You know what I mean? So I, I don't think he's the right fit for this club. I, I genuinely don't. Certainly not the style that we've seen. Um, yeah. it, it would be there'd be some humble pie having to be at, eat, oh, yeah. uh, people like me if um, if he came in and did a good job. But um, I, I just can't see that happening. To be honest, I don't. I, I can't see him leaving Wickham. Why would he? Mm. As you've just said, there he's been there ten years. He's you know he, he's, he lives obviously he'll live around there as well, and his his, his band is around there, isn't it? So yeah, he's not going <laughs> to New York to do a gig on a Saturday night without um, without some sort of transport. Um, issues so no not for me mate not for me definitely not yeah uh john simpson says her, her kids goalkeepers coach that it would be good for us i think people assume we are a certain thing and if mm. you assume we are that certain thing then gareth angel does make sense but I, you you can't watch much of us to assume that that's what we play like that's very much a steve evans way of playing and obviously uh, to a lesser extent neil warnock it's quite an old-fashioned way for us. We don't play like Gareth Ainsworth's Wickham team. It's horrible. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, but it's horrible. But if he came in and did that, did that, and got us a win at Bramall Lane, would be, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a different story. No, um, <laughs> it's not, is it? It's not because it's got. It's it, it's not something that's going to move you forward. You know, what it's going to do, it's going to, yeah, all right, it might maintain your position, but it is never, ever, you're never going to have, you need, you need somebody with some sort of ambition um, and that, and playing that style of football is is ambitionless, Mm. you know, in in the short term over the 90 minutes and in the long term as well. It's just, it's just tedious. It's not even football. And it's not. I said that. Yeah. I don't even say that tongue in cheek. It's not football. Just be careful because if he gets appointed. Well, <laughs> yeah, listen, listen. I tell you now, right? Obviously, if he gets if he gets appointed, I should go down to New York Stadium and I should still get behind the team. Yes. Um, but but if 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 that style of football were employed, I will be critical of it at the time and afterwards because it's not what I want to see. Personally, and I don't think it's what the majority of Rosman United supporters want to see either. No, I agree. I don't think I've seen anybody sort of saying it's a good idea, to be honest with you. I don't think I've seen a single person on Twitter and Facebook thinking it's a good idea, no, which says a lot. Um, Shelley RFC says Ainsworth was in South Yorkshire on Saturday and there wasn't any proper football on, so he must have been coming up to speak to Tony Stewart. Good point, well made, Shelley. Right. Yeah. Um, Oliver Rowett agrees with Danny. I completely agree with Danny. I'm enjoying the football we've played so far this season. Would I like to see it continue? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree, I agree. Um, let's move on to Russ Vernon's comment, where he, Russ Vernon says, Dean Holden is currently at evens on Bet Victor uh, and has been for a little while. These odds moved on Friday, Mick. Yeah. With the move for Dean Holden. It was, I think, six or sevens to one. Uh, and he went to, to four to six on, uh, six to four on on Friday evening. Now Dean Olden's a strange one, Danny, because we don't really know that much about him. To be honest with you, he had a brief spell at Bristol City, which was hit and miss. But I think pretty sure he's got a fifty percent win ratio over a relatively short period. He is more of a coach, and I think that's why people have made the jump and the link is that he's a coach, and everybody's got to say, well, Paul Warren wasn't necessarily he was a fitness coach. 
But my argument to that would be is Paul Warren wasn't the coach. He was the manager. Richie Barker, I'm sure, was the coach. So that mm. is, it's all right saying, oh, they are, you know, they're linked. They're not, one, he wasn't a coach. So it, it's not similar in that sense, is it really? Um, no, not really. No, I think with Dean Alden, he has got a, um, like I say, a good winning rate in the championship, which is something people will have taken notice of, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can see why the odds are quite high for him. I mean, I wouldn't be disappointed if we got Dean Holden as, as manager because I'd understand why. Um, and it might be a good little um, step up for him rather than being was he um, caretaker at Stoke? Brief, very briefly, yeah. Briefly, yeah. It was it before that? It was Bristol City, wasn't it? Yeah. So he, he was at Bristol. It was it was at Bristol City. He was the assistant to little uh, Lee Johnson. Uh, right. When Lee Johnson left, do you know that? Sorry, I, can't, I, can't yeah, think you couldn't it, could you? I couldn't know. <laughs> um, he then took over and had a pretty good spell. He lost six in a row for Bristol City, so they sacked him. He then went and joined whoever the Stoke manager was, Northern Irish guy. Oh, Martin O'Neill? Uh, Michael O'Neill. Oh, oh it was <laughs> yes, close. close. Uh, he joined him as, not, maybe not assistant, but coach. And then when Michael O'Neill left, he then took over as a very, very brief caretaker before um, Alex Neal. Right, okay. I mean, it's not too bad. I think Dean Holden would have been a very, very, very solid interim manager choice. Mm. Um, but... Solid managerial thing, like what team would he bring in? They're, they're the questions you also have to ask. What's your team behind the scenes sort of going to be as well? Mm. And, yeah, I think that's the only questions I'd have over Dean Holden. Who would his team be? Who would his assistant be? Who would his first-team coach be? Goalkeeper coach be? That sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah but, yeah, I, I can very much understand why he's one-to-one on Bet Victor. I think he's 15-8 to eight on Sky Bet as it stands right now, which... Very, very good odds. Not that we can down gambling or anything. Um, yeah. But at the same time, never trust betting odds because sometimes they're not rooted in truth. It's just what people have um, put traffic on. And if there's a lot of traffic on it, that's when the odds go down so they don't lose too much money from other people going that yeah. way. Um, and I get that yeah. from a very reliable source because she used to work in a bookies. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We don't yeah, we should we should point out we're not promoting gambling, we're just using it as a as a, a guideline, uh gamble aware and everything that goes in line with that, because we rarely talk about gambling, so I think we should say that uh, if you choose to do so. Be be very very be wary. Um John Morel says Holden wouldn't fit your players is a bit like Russell Martin possession over everything. Well, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh yeah, make again. It's difficult. We, we can. There's a couple of the names we're going to talk about in a minute. We can talk about them because we know what they've done at the club they're at now. Mm. Dean Holden is a for me is a mystery because he's only got a very very short period. You can't say he was good or bad at Bristol City. He has got a fifty percent win ratio, but he got sacked for losing six in a row. So it, it doesn't quite add up really for me. No, I don't. Um, and, and the only the only guy you can use is 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 is. Social media, really, you know, yeah. and and that that's we know that's sketchy at best um, because because people just spout nonsense on it, me included. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know very little about the bloke. The stuff I've I've seen from Stoke uh, supporters wasn't particularly um, endearing towards him, but you know, 
Rob Scott, like we said, is going to be doing this due diligence, and he? he's going to be the, he's going to be the man that really sort of digs deep into this. So, mm. from from that point of view, I guess you've just got to trust what what he what yeah. he says uh, or what he comes up with. Um, I don't know the bloke, so there's not a lot of point me speculating on what he's going to be like. Um, I'd never heard of him before last week, so yeah. Fair enough. Um, Matt Cole goes back to the Gareth Ains with Ainsworth football in design for the underdogs, but Barnsley were very direct and got to the playoffs. That's a, that's a good point. Um, so let's move on. I think we've covered Holden as much as we possibly can, to be honest with you. Um, the next two are people that are in jobs. Um, we have, we'll go with Sean Baldwin's comment, who says, Matty Taylor, Matt Taylor, who is an extra manager. Now, this has gone today. We're, all, we're recording Sunday. His odds have gone from 20 to 1 to 7 to 1. Again, mm. I, I accept that we can't completely trust the betting odds. We're not saying he's nailed on to get the job. What we're saying is that's a massive shift and somebody's put reasonable money on it, which suggests somebody may know it's some information. That, that, that's, where, that's, why there's, that's why there is a method behind what we're talking about. Somebody must... Yeah. I've explained as much as I can. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Matt Taylor, McDanny. He has done a very, very good job at Exeter City, uh, much like the network person we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, he is a northerner. He is thinking from Preston, but he's managing down in Exeter because he played for Exeter for a long time. Uh, I think they won four or five nil on telly at the weekend next to it. Forest Green at Forest Green. Mm. Uh, where do you sit on that one? It, that This is one of the ones that excites me. This and Mark, one of which we'll talk about. These are the two that really excite me. They're up and coming managers, seem to be fairly ambitious. Have a way of playing. It feels exciting. What this one? Yeah, I think um, with Matt Taylor, he sort of ticks all the boxes. Mm. Really, doesn't he? Like, he's the young manager that Tony talked about, um, but he does know his football because obviously he's not running around the girls. He has been managing Exeter for a while now. Oh, um, twenty eighteen. It's hard. Yeah, and he's got them out of League Two, which was one of their big objectives. But also, he's um, he's been involved with the youth development because um, my mate at uni he's told me that Exeter's um, academy and youth setup is much much higher than their what their league position is. Mm. Um, so yeah, he's got the youth development on his side. Um, like I say, he's got a way of playing, but he can also adapt. Um, yeah, I think he'd be a solid appointment. It'd be a big step up for him. To go from League Two just into League One, and now into the Championship, um, so that would have to be the gamble we take if we do appoint him. Um, but yeah, it does seem like a solid choice, and I'm actually surprised he wasn't higher up on the bookies odds earlier on because mm. it does seem not an obvious choice, but certainly shortlist sort of choice. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just a few stats on him. He's played. He's managed 226 games. He's on 99 wins as a manager. Um, does he want to stay one more game and get the 100? I would, but I'm just an idiot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it, it's... Yeah. There's nothing more to say than Danny's sort of said, Mick. It, it feels like it ticks all the right boxes, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It, it really does. Um, and, and, it, and it's one that I'm quite excited about, or quite excited by. Um, same, as, same as you. Um, I think this is. I think it's the right approach to be looking for this kind of manager. Mm. I, I don't. I, I don't think we should be going down the with the greatest of respect, the greatest of respect, the Neil Warnock type route. 
Um, we're not in. We're not in crisis. We're not in a position where we need somebody to bail us out of um, a, a dodgy situation. We need somebody to carry on the good work that's been done, and 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 to to, to move on to to kick on from that to that groundwork that's been done for the want of a better term over the last two or three seasons. You know, Wally's built a fantastic squad. A fantastic culture within the club. Everything about the club is is is, is facing in the right direction. Um, I, I talked to you after the after the last podcast and about the fact that perhaps maybe Warren thinks thought that given the current situation, he'd taken us as far as he could. Um, I, I don't know whether I, I, I certainly mentioned this on on Twitter. Uh, I don't think I mentioned. It, I said suggested it on podcast, but you know, Warren Warren was really annoyed about the fact that we we didn't do everything we could to keep Smithy. And uh, that's obviously I suspect part of the reason he's is he's, he's looked to leave. But he, what he said as a result of that was cause it caused us to change the way we played football. Uh, because we'd not got that man up front. Um and as a consequence of us changing the way we played football, we now sit eighth and unbeaten or beaten only once all season. So there's an argument to say that the style that Paul Warren wanted to play wasn't compatible with the level that we're now playing at. But what he has done is built a fantastic grounding for somebody to come in who maybe is, is more capable of, of pushing on and kicking on with the squad that we've got. So, um, and and this lad um, and, and, and the other one we're about to talk about, um, I think a, a prime candidates for that. So yeah. we'll see. But um, yeah, I, I think it'd be a good move for us if, if we were able to pull it off, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and we're not claiming to be ex- experts on Exeter, which is not the easiest thing to say. Um, <laughs> we're looking at looking at Matt Taylor's inf- sort of information, the way he likes to play, using transfer market as a guy, because again, they're fairly useful. His preferred formation is 3-4-1-2, which again fits into what we do. It works in the sort of system mm. the players we've got. Whereas, again, we'll come on to Mark Bonner in a minute, transfer market. I remember Butcham Cambridge last year. They were much more pragmatic in what they did. Their, his preferred formation is 4-2-3-1, which would be a shift. I, I'm not saying Mark Bonner can't do a, th- a three at the back or that Matt Taylor won't do a four at the back, but Matt Taylor seems to maybe fit into the system that we already have. We, we spent all the transfer window, Danny, pl- bringing in players for a 3-5-2 or what could be a 3-4-1-2. Where do you fit... Brook Norton Cuffey into a four at the back. Where does Coimbra mm. really fit into the four at the back? We've got the players for a three-five-two or something similar. So that that's going to be key into it. The way they want to play that formation, and that's why I think Matt Taylor might might fit. Yeah, I think the only adjustment Matt Taylor would have to make if he does come in, which is still an if because we have actually no idea what's going on. This is just speculation. But if if he does come in. The only little tweak you'd have to do is play a three-one-four-two because Balas is yeah. slightly deeper in rather than having your cam in behind the the two strikers. So it's not that big of a switch from the formation he uses at Exeter um, that we've based off transfer mark because we don't watch Exeter. Um, but yeah, it, it does sound like a more logical option because his tactics are similar, but. Like someone put earlier about what Ainsworth said on the radio, I believe it was, being a manager isn't always about tactics, it's about managing the players themselves. Mm. Um, and But again, uh, with Matt Taylor, that's another thing, he's managed Exeter's players very well, he's got the most out of them and got them promoted. Um, 
I'm just listing off more boxes he's ticking. <laughs> why, <laughs> why isn't he higher up the list? He should be. <laughs> yeah, he should be. Uh, Gareth Ainsworth has been on TalkSport as we're speaking. Um, I can't find anything that he's said or linked to us. We're obviously talking here, so we haven't listened to his interview. Um, that's something we will look into once we're finished. We'll try and find the interview, see if, there's, see if anything's mentioned. Um, but yeah, I hope not. jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price go to blue and experience the convenience of shopping blue nile the original online jeweler since 1999 that's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewellery gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com um, Yeah, Matt Taylor one of the favourites for the job. Well, he's not, he's not actually one of the favourites for the job. Uh, if you're going to book his odds, uh, it's like fifth in the list, something like that. Um, somebody else who is a bit further up the list and has been steadily high up in the list of the odds, make Matt, uh, Mark Bonner, uh, Cambridge manager. A bit like Matt Taylor, you know, is so far a one-club man, uh, managed a good amount of games. I don't have the number of games in front of me, but that's something I will find out in a moment for you. Um a bit more pragmatic, and I say when we were watching Cambridge last year, so impressed with them at what they did. Very, you know, very happy about what they did and uh, where they played. But maybe he, that the way he plays leads more towards the Ainsworth side. But, but was that because that's what he had? That was the players he had. Yeah, I think it probably was. Um, Cambridge weren't blessed with a huge amount of talent, uh, with the exception of uh, Hurahan. Um, you know they got the the big wrecking ball up front, um, and 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 that was really about it. Those were the two sort of standout players, but nevertheless, mm. um, they they were still an excellent side for me. One of the best sides we played at New York last year. Um, so the 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 backstory that goes with it as well is 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 really really impressive. Um, not from a sort of sentimental point of view, you know, local boy done good kind of thing, but. The fact that he's managed to, um, to to graft and to develop himself into a position where he can become a football league manager from from literally nowhere um, is 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 very very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you couple that with the way his team has played, um, certainly against us, and that is not a great. I, I accept that's not a great sample uh, sample size, but nevertheless. Um, He's again. He's somebody that I, I I think he would probably do as a really really good job. He's an ambitious man. However, he's clearly an ambitious man. However, you know, dragging him away from his his hometown club, it may be maybe slightly more troublesome. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, again, for me, another exciting prospect. Mm. Worth noting that those two both will obviously both in clubs, so they will both command a fee. Um, but we've got the fee we've, we've, the money we've got from Paul Warren from Paul Warren going to Derby I imagine most of that could be used um, for that I don't know 
not 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 a money man, not 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 got that information. But um, yeah, those are the two that excite me. To be honest with you, they mm. fit the mold, they fit the excitement um, period. But I, well, I was excited about Alan Stubbs. <laughs> so I've learned my lesson about getting excited over styles and stuff. Um, one of the last ones we mentioned before, before anybody else wants to bring in any in Paul Hurst, nothing's really moved and he's, he's staying st- again, again, using the odds because that's all we have right now. He's staying steady. Do you think that's just, just a lazy link and he's staying up high on the list? Well, I <laughs> think you're going to me for saying this. Um, I have a little bit of inside information about Paul Hurst um, because one of my good friends, Sean, he plays football with him on a Friday night over in um, Sheffield. Um, he's the only Rotherham fan who plays football there, so take that as you will. Um, but yeah, we were playing with Paul Hurst. They asked him about it and he said the same thing that he told the interviewers. He's happy at Grimsby and he can't really see Rotherham going in for him. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, purely, purely because, like, he didn't say this, but my speculation is probably because it's a big jump mm. to get Grimsby out of the National League competing well in League Two, to give them the credit, but then to jump into the Championship might be a little bit of a step too far for him, uh, especially with assembling his own team when he comes here, because, again, his team at Grimsby might want to stay at Grimsby. We don't know. Um but I think a lot of that speculation with Paul Hurst is because he is our second highest appearance holder after Danny Williams. Yes. Um, so, yeah, he does not He does know the club. He does care about the club. He spent, I think, his entire career with us. Um, but it might be a similar case with Woody. Just going straight into the Championship might be just a bit too soon for them. Um, I'd love to have Paul Hurst as manager because he's very similar ethos-wise to Paul Warren. And he does care very deeply about the club, just not yet. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think you've got to sort of factor into that the fact that him and Rob Scott had a big, massive fallout, didn't they, when they were both mm. together the first time around? I don't think there's any love loss between the pair. So um, I suspect that might have gone. That application might, if it to arrive, might have. Might have blown out of the window. <laughs> Got lost in Rob Scott's in in his office. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I might be wrong. Oh no, his dog's eating it. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a couple of other mentions. YouTube user mentions David Artell costs nothing. Our Rotherham lad and ex-player. Yes. Mm-hmm. The bad side to that is he is. If you, we've watched watched Crew last year, they are tried to be a total football team. To the point where it hurt them, we can't play that. We saw Crew last year playing this ball across the six-yard box from the centre after the goalkeeper from a goal kick. Could you? I know we started playing short mid, mm. but I can't see Woody doing that successfully. It's not. It's not. We haven't got the players to play that kind of system. He might be able to do something different. I might be doing him a disservice, but yeah. it doesn't seem to fit in terms of styles. When we played, we played Crew three times last year, didn't we? And because mm. of the, the pizza cup or whatever um, and it, it seemed to me that it, as a manager he'd not got a plan B because mm. we, they, they, they tried the same thing time after time after time and it didn't work but they just continued to do it for, for the full 90 minutes of each game um, and, and our best chances came from from their goal kicks it were great you know 
you know, better, got better chances from goal kicks than we did from corners. So, <laughs> um, it, it, that I mean, you can't take it as as any sort of indication, can you? But it it was a bit of a, um, you know, sort of no no real thought going into it for me. Mm. Uh, that, that, uh, it's just nonsense, really. That I don't know. It feels like saying, you know, it feels like nonsense because we've watched two games and all of a sudden this is, you know, the man's not not got a plan B. You know what I mean? <laughs> It, yeah. it is nonsense, really, but it just that's how it felt. Mm. Um, and, and he's not really sort of the usually, and, and I'm now going to contradict everything I said other night. <laughs> usually, there's somewhere within the within all the noise, there's some truth in some in some of the rumors. Mm. Um, and and he's not even appeared anywhere within them, realistically. So I can't. I just can't. I don't know. I can't see it being being a starter, but you never know, do you? Yeah. Um, quick update, Gareth Ainsworth. Um, Gareth Ainsworth has told Talksport on the Rotherham United links, specifically on the Rotherham United links. Never say never. Chairman has always said, if ever a team came in for me, I'm free to speak. But I have no intention of going anywhere, and I'm very happy and settled at Wickham Wanderers. And now his odds are going to plummet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, a little bit like the Hursty interview, to be honest. It's, mm. it's very similar in terms of, and I think it's right, they can't rule it out, and I don't think they should rule it out, but it's sort of saying it's unlikely. Uh, that's that's mm. what I, that's what I take from it. Do you two take anything different from that? I don't think you can, can you? No. Realistically, you can't take anything different from it, so. Look at that, breaking news on the podcast. Yeah? Mm. Yeah? Look at that. Uh, it's about time it happened. It is at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, NSW, Jonathan Woodgate. Uh, here's the name I've not seen linked, Danny, to be honest with you. Um, did had a poor time at Borough, had an okay time at Bournemouth. I don't think he was anywhere else, although I will look into that. Again, mm. I, again I don't think he fits the style. Yeah, I th- again, I think he wants to play football, which again is not completely our style, although I suppose we are transitioning. Yeah, very true. Um, I think with the job he did, uh, was he um, when was he at Bournemouth? Was he at Bournemouth just after Scott Parker left or before? Before, before. Ah, right. Okay, so he was. Um, I don't. I don't really Lost know much players. about. Ah, right. Okay, so again, I don't really know about much about Jonathan Woodgate. I have mm. seen him on the odds, which is like the only place we can get our information from at the minute. Um, but he was a ways down the list, so yeah, not not a lot of people have talked about him, and I think he's probably moved further down the list over the last mm. week as well. Um, one comment that caught my eye, cool. uh, which is interesting because I've suggested this name. Where is it now? Um, it was suggesting Emma Hayes from Chelsea Women. Yeah. John C. That's the one. Emma Hayes. Let's be radical. Yeah. I think if we wanted to completely reshake it and redefine what a men's football manager is, go for Emma Hayes. Only question is, though, would we be offering more than a club that's got an official affiliation to a Premier League club, plays very, very decent football in the WSL and in the Women's Champions League, and are the current WSL champions? Like I imagine Emma Hayes is on a fair bit of money yeah. and I believe she was second choice for the England job uh, before um, before Serena got the job um, so that is Emma Hayes will come with a very very good 
pedigree, probably even outside of Rotherham's reach without of managing in the men's game. To be fair, I can picture Emma Hayes managing top end of the championship, to be honest. Maybe even Premier League level, to be honest, because yeah, she's a very, very good manager. Say again, Mick, sorry. We are top end of the championship, just saying. Well, the stereotypical <laughs> oh, yeah, top yeah. end of the championship, yeah. not, not nosebleed at the top of the end of the championship. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. This, this website says she's on $32,000 a week. Yeah, no. So no. she's not going to rob me now. Darby might have she... just been able to get her instead of Paul Warren, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. sort of money. Yeah. Um, she's one I think that could make the jump to men's football because I think she's brilliant. She's tactically, tactically very, very good, speaks very, very well. Uh, I would like to see that at some point. I don't think mm. it's going to happen, but I would certainly like to see it at some point. Um, Sean Baldwin, Duncan Ferguson. Uh, Nick, get an angry Scottish man. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, exactly. We've had plenty of angry Scottish men, haven't we? Uh, <laughs> some of them have been great. Some of them have not been so great. But, um, yeah. Uh, don't know. I don't know. It, it, it fits the mould of young manager, not had loads of clubs, which Tony Stewart said, could have zero yeah. clubs, one, one sort of, as a caretaker role. But we don't know anything about him. You know, what's his style? You know, is, it, is he an aggressive style like he played with Everton, or was that just because he was a caretaker and he played that role? Mm. Um, it's one of them that's sort of exciting because he'll have the contacts as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not going to be a type of manager who comes in and gives the players a cuddle when they're feeling down, is he? Oh, I don't yeah, mean. Um, he's going to he's going to whack him right back at head with a cricket bat and tell them to pull themselves together. That seems to me to be the type of bloke that he is. So mm. I don't think he certainly wouldn't fit into the Paul Warren mould. Um, you know, he's more the uh, Graham Sooners mould, isn't he? Um, and I suspect I wonder. Well, I wonder whether that's why he's not had a a management job as of mm. yet because his style is likely likely to be. Again, it's all speculation in it, but. Um, a little bit more old fashioned, the old fashioned manager style, um, yeah. and, and that doesn't necessarily get a tune out of modern day footballers, does it? No, not anymore. Not anymore. Um, Jonathan Simpson, what about Nigel Clough? Danny, I just feel like Nigel Clough's had his day. Um, he needs he's trying to build his way back up at Mansfield. It didn't work at Sheffield United, it didn't really work at Derby, to be honest. We're all honest with each other. Um, he hasn't done enough to earn a chance, another chance at the championship for me now. I've had few, a few people say that to me as well. Yeah, um, I think he um, was it Burton Albion manager when they were in the champ, or yes. So yeah, I think he did a very, very good job to get Burton Albion in that position. Uh, I believe he's at Mansfield now, isn't he? He is, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I hate to say it, but I don't think Nigel Clough is ambitious enough for mm. us. Um, then again, Matt Taylor isn't really ambitious enough for us because he's a quite similar to a Paul Warren sort of character. You know, he's only ever had one managerial job with Exeter and done very well with it. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nigel Clough just doesn't float my boat, to be honest. I'm, I'm Not against had, the guy, he just doesn't float it. <laughs> I think he's had his chance, Nigel mm. Clough, to prove himself. He's been around the manager, managerial merry-go-round for I don't know how many years. A while, uh, and he's never been, he's never really truly been a success anywhere. Mm. Um, unlike his dad, um, you know, and and that's for me, it's certainly not a case of like father, like son in that respect. 
Um, so not not for me. Not for me. No, I'm with you. Um, Neil Bolton says he has the rumoured shortlist, who says Dean Holden, Matt Taylor, Gareth Ainsworth, I think maybe it's Danny Schofield. Um, mm. I will be, based on how Danny Schofield's time at Rotherham went as a player, I would be amazed if we offered him another three-year contract. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Switch of speculation. Um, we have Neil Bolton. Uh, I think we'll just get that last one. Dale Tong is rumoured to be the coach. He was working for Warney on a casual basis until Peter. But that makes sense for him to come in. Mm. Uh, maybe, maybe bring in a permanent coach, Mick, because Paul mm. Warner took a lot with him. So that's left us completely in the lurch. Do we need a semi-permanent member of staff for when the inevitable change happens again in future? I think we probably do, and Dale Tong would be a really good fit. Really, really very, good very highly thought of, isn't it? Very he's highly, very thought highly of. thought of. Yeah, and, and if he's half as good a coach as he were a player, then uh, you know, and, and he's got a lot of time for this club hmm. uh, from his time with us. Um, so yeah, for me, I think that would be a really good move. And but the key part of that, the key part of it, as you said, this is that he's very highly thought of. Um, you know, there's not just a bit of nostalgia there. Um, he's good at what he does. Uh, so yeah I think that'd be a really good move if we were able to pull that off yeah uh, Shelly IFC shooting for the stars I like it it says let's flash out and offer somebody decent contract paycheck i.e. Sean Dyche or somebody of a similar mould I would love that but mm. realistically I mean I, while we're talking we've got Google right in front of me Sean Dyche contract what do we reckon what do we reckon Sean Dyche won at Burnley oh stupid money man about 40 grand uh, wow. Uh, what a year? Uh, <laughs> £70,000 a week. The Dead Mail reported it was £100,000 a week. Well, listen, how long were you at Burnley for? How long were you at Burnley for? God, I need to know. It's after hearing that. Ages. Ten, five years, probably, he were at Burnley, at least. It, it, he's got enough money in bank now, he could work for us for free and still <laughs> live the life that we could only dream of. So, I mean, that's that'd be my approach to him. Come on, Sean. If you reckon that, <laughs> how good you are. Because I think you're absolutely garbage and I think the money that you earn, you didn't deserve it, so prove it. I think if we were using that ideology, we might as well just approach Pep Guardiola and say, look, mate, you'll have to yeah, manage us for free, yeah. but just prove yeah. you can do it with a team in the Championship. I'm I'm shocked he was on that much. Absolutely shocked. There's only not gone back into work, is there? Still getting paid off that contract. Why would you? Yeah. <laughs> I am shocked. And, and, and I mean, I suppose it is slightly tongue-in-cheek, but Sean Dyche is a, is a, is a realistic kind of bloke. You know mm. what I mean? He's, he's not... He's got, he, he, seems, he strikes me as being a bloke with his feet on the ground, you know what I mean? And, and surely there will come a time when there are managers like him who are out of work, who've earned enough money to keep him comfortable for the rest of their life. Just think, you know what? I just fancy getting back in it. It's not about the money anymore. Maybe. You never know. Tap him up, see what he says. Come on, Dad, you lad. <laughs> Shelly RC points, points out, we'd never be able to afford him, obviously. It was just a wild suggestion, yeah. Um, yeah, pushing the boat out. Depends what you mean, pushing the boat out. Does pushing the boat out mean paying half a million pounds for Mark Bonner in terms of compensation, but not paying the massive wages? Or do you mean, do we, or it's not a spirit question to Shelly, or do you pay 20k a week to a manager that's out of work, for example, it's it depends what your definition of sort of spe- uh, splurging is, I mm. suppose. 
Uh, we've talked about a lot, Nigel. We've, I said we're going to do an episode every day this week on YouTube, so we'll, we've got plenty of time to cover all these other names because uh, every stone loads. I want to finish with an interesting question from Jamie. We are done about talking about Paul One, but this is an interesting question. Nobody's he's, he's put. I haven't seen any of our players wishing Paul Warren all the best on social media. Is that is that weird? Yeah, I've not thought of that. that. There's even nothing, has there? That is strange. <laughs> Again, sometimes don't, I, I don't think our players are particularly social media heavy. You know, we've not got uh, Saint Maximan who's t- tweeting every five minutes and replying to all Newcastle fans. But I'm, I am surprised we haven't seen anything. Maybe it's a sign that they're not particularly happy that he's left. I, I don't know. This is, this, this is just speculation, but odd, mate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you might be clutching at straws there. You, you'd be hoping that that's a sign that... I'm not hoping anything. I'm just saying... Yeah. Well, yeah, only on the basis that then they won't go, go in January when uh, when, when Darby comes knocking cool. with it. Mind you, they can't, can they? Darby can't come can't knocking. Pay. can't buy anybody, so... No, so that that that's a that's a that's an irrelevance really. So I, I I don't see any significance in it to be honest. I don't know any of them that are particularly big social media users. Few, not many. Victor puts a few bits on Instagram. They all put a bit few bits on Instagram, don't they? Most yeah. more Instagram than Twitter, to be honest. Mm. Um, Listen, the, the the players I would I would guess, and again, it's just a guess. They're going to be they're going to be hurt by what's happened one way or another. Uh, they're going to be uncertain by what's happening in the future, you know. And, and I would argue that probably with the way that Ward is set them up within the dressing room, they're all going to just close ranks now and 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 get their heads down and sort of bang down the hatches, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, we're all in this together. Hopefully, we're all in this kind. In, we're all in this together, kind of attitude. Um, so maybe it might bring them together even further, even and make them even stronger. Mm. Uh, maybe I'm just clutching at straws. I don't know, but you know, if if I'm Woody, that's exactly where that's exactly the route I'm going down. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It, there's probably nothing in it, but no. it's just mm. it is interesting. You want mm, to see? I think when Tuchel left Chelsea, there were several players that tweeted about. For example, I know that's a bigger club. Um, but there was a lot of players tweeting out about that, so interesting. Yeah. Very, I wonder very... if it was as much a shock to the players as it was to the fans. I mean, we, we yeah, don't know so... the ins and outs behind the scenes, obviously, but if this has been rumbling on for a bit and the players only just knew, uh, early, like closer to the actual announcement, if you like, rather than finding out weeks in advance, it might have took them by surprise as well. I mean, it's interesting that players that Paul Warren had a big part in signing like Norton Cuffey, Peltier yeah. as well, uh, just to name two, haven't said anything. And Lee Peltier is a fairly active on Twitter, but Norton Cuffey is yeah. fairly active as well. So it is interesting. It might be a little bit tinfoil hatty uh, to say <laughs> they're doing it to, for this, that and other reasons. But I think they've just been enjoying the breaks, to be fair. We might see something when Warney's like had his first interview or first photo shoot in Derby Colors, we might see something. But for the time being, they've just enjoyed the time off, haven't they? I think both Victor and Scott High went to Disneyland without the other without the other knowing, which is quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> but did Scott High's parents take him? But it's like a birthday, fourteenth birthday present. 
It might have been. I mean, I just hope it's tall enough for some of the rides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love you, Scott. Really joking. <laughs> from my understanding, the the players were as shocked as we are. Now, that's a very small sample pool I've got, but but I, this is as much of a shock to everybody else as it, as it was to the fans. Um, so, yeah. That's not good. That's what? not good. That's not good uh, business on the on Warnie's part, to be honest. No. no, but anyway, we can all agree on that. But we move on. I think we've done a good job tonight in moving on and not really talk about Warnie uh, as we should do. <laughs> uh, and a lot of please some people. Um, thank you all. You know, those people don't appear to be here commenting on it tonight, do they? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um. Thank you all for being involved tonight. We've done what an hour or so um, on this uh, on the topics. We will be doing more throughout the week, as I've already mentioned. Please do, if you haven't already, do go and subscribe to the YouTube channel because, like I said, we'll be out in every day this week, finishing with the normal Thursday preview show. We get back to the proper action um, as Wigan come to town as well. So we got there'll be probably us three again on on Monday's episode, Monday on YouTube. Lewis Oldham's joining us on Tuesday. Kev Johnson and Will Daniels are joining us on Wednesday. We're going to try and get Paul Davis on very briefly. That's something we're working on, see what we can fit with his schedule, our schedule, because we'd all we'd all love to uh, uh, hear from him. We'll probably do it through Facebook as well, so if you're on YouTube, Facebook, just wherever you are, we will be through there. If you just want the audio podcast, please do subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get those from. Please, five-star rating if you haven't done so already. And as you mentioned at the start, thank you, Athletic Green, for supporting these episodes mm. and allowing us to keep the costs to for us at basically zero. Um, Mick, Danny, anything else you want to finish on before we talk again in 24 hours? Um, I would just like to say it would be fantastic to have Paul Davis on so he can stress the pain he went through by binning 10,000 words of um, content for the paper from Paul Warren's column. But number one, so I learned from it. But number two, it also hurt me to read that tweet as well. So I just want him to stress how bad that is for both professional and up-and-coming journalists having to bin so much work that will never get published. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Danny, do you want to mention Charity Game? Let me know if yes. Yes. I you remember. jogged my memory. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, as you know, uh, the guys over at Kimmy Park put on a charity, charity event in the summer. Uh, we raised 1500 on the day and still need to do the final count up from uh, Grace Kelly's stall and a couple other items we've auctioned off. Um, but we are back next summer and are hoping to make it bigger and better. Um, so if you want to go and like their Facebook page, um, that would be fantastic. We are building it up slowly and any updates will be posted on there. Uh, so if you want to play, take part, anything like that, go and like the Facebook page, keep an eye on out for updates. And when the APB goes out, put your name forward. And it's for a great cause as well. And we are, like I said, we are trying to make it bigger and better. And we have got a potential decent venue in the works, Ooh. but more on that later. Ooh, that's exciting. Mm. Uh, excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, we will be back tomorrow. So we've talked about the live shows. It'll be eight o'clock every week except Monday. Monday evening, England are playing, and we don't want to clash with that blockbuster um, game. So Monday evening, if you want to follow us, if you want to watch the episode where we talk about whatever happens on Monday, uh, that's at seven o'clock. Earlier episode on Monday. 
Um, go on, Would it not be easier just to do it from 7.45 till 10 so that people don't have to look at Just a thought, you know what I mean? Well, people have the option. If people don't want to watch it live, they can watch it back at 7.45. Fair enough. Yeah, the thing, one of the reasons with this, there could be an announcement at any day. So we want to keep going, want to keep doing it. Um, yeah. It's going to be a busy week, boys and girls. It's going to be a busy week, ending with a mm. game. And then after this week's done, it's Saturday, Tuesday or Saturday, Wednesday, every week until World Cup. So <laughs> get ready for these next couple of months. It's going to be an intense week, an intense few weeks, being a Rotherham United fan. We're open for a quiet week. Not to be. Thank you, everybody. We've waffled on for another five minutes there. Well done. Yeah. One last thing, lads. Speaking of Grace Kelly, her art yes. website is going live this week. So if you want one of her prints of players or anything like that, my mum's personal favourite is the George Kelly one, just saying. Um, so, yeah, so when that website goes live, go and support Grace and her fantastic work that she's doing. Um, so, yeah, there's your <laughs> plug, Grace. Without making it too obvious for us, <laughs> she gave she gave me the Dan Barlow and the Geordie pillow, and I've managed to convince my wife to have a Geordie pillow on the wall in the living room. I am so proud. That's <laughs> a result. That is. So yeah, Dan Barlow is part of the family now. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to my wife for that, and thank you for Grace because they are lovely. And yeah, we'll we'll when when that's all live, we'll uh, we'll tweet that because it's amazing what Grace is doing. So thank you again. Another two minutes we won't talk on you get in. Extra minutes from us here. Mick, Danny, thank you. We're going to end now before I check the odds and they've changed again. So thank you. And we'll see you on Monday evening uh, for that next episode. Bye. Cheers. Ravel. Vicious. Brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, has a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Rotherham United's pathway back to the championship is opening up. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.